The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino and joining me today are James Little and Deepak Gohill. Hi guys. Hi everyone. Hello. So this week, the San Francisco 49ers went into Seattle to meet the Seahawks on their own turf. And dang it, guys, if it wasn't yet another nail biter right to the end where we prevailed 26-21. Yay, at about time. <laughs> it's been ages, eight games, eight trips to Seattle since we beat them in their home field. Yeah, not good for the health <laughs> supporting this team at all. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, I worry for Paul lately. He's uh, as a few of us know, he's had a couple of health issues, and I was thinking that this team really isn't helping him at the minute. <laughs> uh, Gallery's on the mend and doing well, so that's good. And uh, of course, we got the win, is the main thing. But um, yeah, what a game! We've been involved in some fantastic advertisements for the NFL this season. I I was really not very well, so I kept drifting in and out of consciousness. <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, huh, where did all them points come from?" <laughs> so yeah, it was a uh, it was a roller coaster of emotions. But uh, overall, the result that we wanted and the number one seed, which I think we are deserved of, and we have been all season. Um, yeah, I, I still think, despite. All the experts and pundits still thinking Baltimore won a bad team. Let's not be silly, but I still think we're the best team. Might be slightly biased, but Dave, what did you think? How did you get through it? Jack Daniels? I got through it. No, I, you know, one of my things is whenever I watch any sports game, I can't eat or drink anything. It's I do, I can do food, and when I do food, I can do drink when I do drink. When I do sports, none of the other two are relevant. Even at tailgates, I don't do anything. I just stand there. I just want the game. <laughs> and in the nicest possible way, I really wish that Paul wasn't watching. And I mean that because <laughs> this game was, um, yeah, it was a long time coming. But personally, I think we made it unnecessarily difficult for ourselves. But uh, I'm sure we'll dig under the hood of all of the reasons of how and, and why we won. But uh, to get top seed is is huge, is huge, because in the cold light of day, Seattle, for the sake of four inches, are now going to have to travel almost 3,000 miles, for the sake of four inches. Now, before, <laughs> before we laugh, that's roughly how much we nearly had to pay when we gave up those four mm -hmm. inches to Atlanta. So, uh, all said and done, I think this one's really for us fans to actually believe that we can win a big game. This wasn't a playoff game. But I would say this was probably the most important, the biggest regular season game of, of recent memory. Well, not only did it give us the number one seed, something we have not been since the 1997 season, it was also a win 
in our biggest enemy's home field. And that for morale alone is huge because now this team knows, okay, we've gone through this whole season and everyone's said, you know, we're not good enough. We're not good enough. You know, we haven't really played anybody. Have we really played somebody? <laughs> I think we have. I think we've played uh, 16 teams and more than half of them were half decent. So I think the pundits can just shut their trap now and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Well, they can because th this game meant more to us than it did to Seattle. If Seattle had won, the best they would have got out of it was third seed and a home game next week. That's it. So it was much, much, much bigger for us than it was for them. And uh, boy, did we prevail. And I, and I don't think the popular media liked it at all because they know now that not only is Seattle beatable, but... The next get-go, if we were to play them again, I guarantee you it'll be a blowout next time. It won't be a close game like this. Well, the nice thing with getting the first seed is we've got that extra week. Maybe we can get D Ford back. Yeah, and, Qu uh, and Quan, Quan Alexander yeah. as well back in uh, back in practice today. So, which I think is marvelous. I saw a picture of him when he first obviously got injured and then went for um, his operation of some sort, and he was in a hospital bed from what. From the images that I've been seeing today, that will be some comeback, and I think he's been as important off the field as he as he was to us on the field. I think what we're seeing from uh, Dre Greenlaw, obviously, yeah. is his, his own ability, but and he made the the most important play, and we all feared when Quan went down because of how well he'd been playing. Um, you know, and people people quick throw comparisons out between you know Bowman and Willis and Quan and. Green law, let's not go that far yet, but you know, they are really important to the team. All I'll say is it will teach them for uh, <laughs> it'll teach them for printing the winners' t shirts before it actually happens. Well, they have to do that though, <laughs> otherwise, they won't have it for the celebration. Yeah, yeah. worth pointing out that you know, we were just talking a few moments ago about the cardiac kids and how the last five games have all gone down to the last play. Mentally, that takes its toll on the players as well as physically. You know, these are long games where it literally becomes a battle of nerves it's who can keep it together to to win the yeah, game yeah. so you know the bye week it's actually almost two weeks that we have off if you think about it and mm -hmm. that will give a huge opportunity for them to just relax from the mental aspect of it because it is mentally draining to play games like this we've had almost six weeks of games like this the players need a mental break from that well, and think about it. Emmanuel Sanders came over mid-season yeah. prior to his team's bye and after our team's yeah. bye. So he's played 17 games. He has not had that bye week. So if anybody deserves it, he sure does. You know, we had the early boys, so there's going to be players in there. Nick Bosa literally thought we'd lost that game. If, if, you, look, if you look at Obviously, you know, he looked, and he's a rookie. So, like Deepak just said, these sort of close games and how close we are coming to losing them, but thankfully we've turned it around to win them. That it is mental, to, you know, it's mental torture for these guys. I do think of someone who has been outstanding since he's joined the team, Nick Bosa. You know, the mental capacity, and he's got a lot of leaders around him. But yeah, let, let, I think this break is going to be exactly what this team needed. They've probably been able to spend a bit of time with their family. I know they had victory. Monday, so like Richard Sherman summed it up: get, get, go away, get yourself right, get your body right, and we'll go again. Because no doubt we're going to play. I personally think we're going to play these guys again, if not, you know, a team as good as as good as them. Uh, it's 
from now on, there's no there's no easy games in the NFL anyway, regardless of what people say. You know, strength of schedule and all that. But yeah, I really think we're going to play these guys again. I go with Deepak. I honestly wholeheartedly believe that it'll be a, a different type of game. But uh, the team and everyone has got the time now, which I trust that they're spending correctly. So um, it's I was confident before. I'm a bit more expecting now. Well, <laughs> I think the thing, the key to, and I agree. I I actually. And this is kind of sick of me to say, but I kind of welcome a third meeting with the Seahawks in our house. Number one, you know, it's going to be rocking and you know, it's going to be a sea of red. Um, But I think the thing that the defense is going to have to focus on is their second half adjustments because they were flat for most of the second half and gave up all those points. And, you know, so there's opportunity for improvement and now is the time for that improvement because we absolutely positively have to win every single game if we want to make it there we all know this yeah i think fatigue as well i know it was a complete game of two halves but i do think fatigue has played a a bit of a part in that second half performance and thankfully jimmy well i mean we'll go into it probably a little bit more but you know the offense really stepped up with a few occasions this season it's been one side of the ball leading the team as opposed to the other but i think you know it was a game of two halves and a team of two halves if that makes but we sense. can't but... be that way anymore that's the thing you know yeah. we cannot be yeah. a team of two halves we have to be a team of the whole game and i think the offense yeah. has gotten there because they looked a lot cleaner this whole game than they have most of the year but the defense kind of let us down that third quarter and you know some of the stats mm. look good greenlaw thank god that last uh, that last stop at the goal line whoo talk about inches that was a half an inch. Yeah. <laughs> I think, James, I think you're being a, a bit too generous on the defense. I think what happened at halftime was that Seattle made adjustments and we didn't. And it it was terrifying to see this defense capitulate in the way that it did. I mean, I don't think I've seen a defense just fold that easily in such an important game before. And I'm now thinking, damn, it has to go to the offense to win this because the D... Mm-hmm just cannot stop this this one player, Russell Wilson. Whether that's down to coaching, I don't know. I actually believe it is down to coaching. I don't think defense made any sort of adjustments to control Russell Wilson. I truly don't think they did. But that said, if the defense isn't going to win you the ball game, then the offense has to. But if you link that back with what you just said, Kat, there has to come a time for this team where both offense and defense play and play well in the same game because it's really dangerous to expect one or the other to bail the other one out mm-hmm. especially in crunch time and that's what really made this i celebrated the fact that we beat seattle in seattle but to win a football game it was quite hollow for me because i was literally paralyzed with fear at mm-hmm. how the defense capitulated it was just non-existent it just didn't do a thing until the last play of the game. That's when it did something. <laughs> Biggest play in the game, and it was by the defense, but we made this so much harder than it needed to be. Yeah, you can't afford to play with fire Not going forward, camera. Mm-hmm. That's basically let up the time, those adjustments and everything. Yeah, we'll see, won't we? But yeah, I think you're both correct. It's Now is the time for it to all come together. We've seen what it can do, you know, what they can do. Like I say, I'm 
both sides of the ball, but they need to do it at the same time. I've got a feeling that the heart attacks may not stop. Uh, no, I think they will <laughs> continue. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's in this this football. I just think it's in this team's nature. I don't know. I hope not. I'd like us to let's, let's win by 40, 50 yeah, points every we game. we need to have a solid. And lift the Lombardi. Let's have that. But yeah, the offense definitely showed up. Garoppolo was 18 for 22, 285 yards, a 118.8 passer rating. He ended the regular season with some magnificent stats. Um, second only to Joe Montana and Steve Young. I, you know, I don't know who those guys are. Um, in terms of passing <laughs> yards, 3,948 for the year. Um, he had 27 passing touchdowns. His overall regular season passer rating was a 102 on the nose. I mean, that's pretty good to be compared to, you know, being that company that, that Joe Montana and Steve Young company. Link those stats, Kat, to the Seattle game and why we won it. Okay, there's one thing that his game stats don't actually reflect. In the Seattle game, he only threw one incomplete pass in the entire second half. Yeah, yeah. and there was a one drop in the first half. He's learning, and we've all had frustrations at his learning curve, but he did two things that were crucial for us winning. One, he took the sack when he had to, and he didn't turn the ball over. He wasn't phased by Seattle coming at us. He took the ball, and he marched us upfield, and we scored. This guy has just come off an ACL. It's important to, to remember this as well. And this is his first complete season as the starting quarterback. Yeah, they normally say it takes a season coming off an ACL to get back into it, don't they? Um, and we we are seeing the development of a guy here. I think the difference between this and the last time we played the Seahawks was that the O-line won the battle. Joe Staley returned to the Staley that we know, whereas obviously the last time we saw him come back fresh off an injury, um, he had um, uh, Dijevion. Clowny, isn't it? We had Clowny running over him, but this time he couldn't get past him whatsoever. I saw a lovely tweet from Mike McGlinchey today uh, showing a highlight video of Staley from the Seahawks game with the caption, still the best in the game. But um, that was the, the that was what I saw from that. Obviously, Jimmy played outstanding, but that O-line helped him out big style. Uh, and they all stepped up and played fantastically. Uh, Staley was you know, playing, I, I think, in my memory, that's the highest I've seen him play. Um, I know he's had some great games in the past, but yeah, I think you've got to give credit to the O-line as well. But Jimmy was he was so focused. Um, when I watched him, he just looked so focused. And I've watched back highlight reels and you know reviews and from game highlights and stuff. Just looked just looked like that kind of guy that you can rely on in big games, which is fantastic going forward. Well, and this is his team. You can see it. You know, he is the leader of this team and they will follow him through fire. And I'm so excited for the future. I can't tell you. (laughs) Yeah, baby, it feels good. (laughs) He's a leader. And that is something that we desperately, desperately missed over these Mm -hmm. years. And the team does look up to him as a leader. We've got leaders on offense. We've got leaders on defense as well now. But this... But he leads by example, you know, when, when it's a tight game like New Orleans, you know, he said, don't worry, Pappy, I got this. And he took us, he drove us downfield, game-winning field goal, you know. And again, Kat, you sort of stole my thunder a little bit, but we really haven't <laughs> seen the best of him yet. He's still getting better, and it's frightening how good. Yeah, he's a pocket passer. He's not going to be mobile, and we all know in this league, 
that if you've got a mobile passer, you're more likely to win, which sadly is true. But as a pocket passer, Drew Brees is a pocket passer. You know, he hasn't mm-hmm. done too badly in his career. I think Jimmy G could could be another Drew Brees. I truly do. So looking looking at some of these other stats, we're again running back by committee. Mostert was the man with 10 carries for 57 yards, two touchdowns. Samuel had two for 33 yards and one touchdown. Breda carried it four times for 16 yards. He had that one nice uh, nine-yard run on uh, third down. Uh, Coleman was five for 11 yards. So the our, our scheme is working for us, I think, uh, receiving. Debo Samuel, five for 102 yards. George Kittle, the beast, seven for 86 yards. Mm. We got check in the game. He had one catch for 49 yards, and what a catch that was. Uh, and then Sanders had uh, three for 25. So definitely coming together as an offense, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But this isn't the Legion of Boom anymore. This is a diluted version of that. They're not a great team without Russell Wilson. And really, our offense should have dumped at least another 17 points on that lot. Absolutely. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how well Raheem Moset has played this season? For a guy that has bounced around teams in the league to come into a crowded running back room of Tevin Coleman and Matt Breeder. We all saw what Breeder did last year and how well he played. And how well he played the beginning of the year too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a committee, they've... I think we've got the strongest running back core in the league, um, and we've got McKinnon to possibly come back into that. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll find out in the future. But for him to score, what he's scored ten touchdowns on the season, it's more than any of our other running backs. He was, a, I say, he was a guy who bounced around a few teams in the league, and then for him to come and perform, in, I mean, it's testament to Shanahan's scheme, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, but I, I've been so pleased. Just pleased for him, really, for guys to bounce around teams and then to come and find his place on our team and play to the level he has done. You know, I, I thought Breeder would be the number one go-to guy all season long because I really like Matt Breeder. Me too. And we saw, yeah, I know you've got his jersey, haven't mm-hmm. you? But honestly, really surprised me. And I, again, I just wanted to give him a bit of credit, really. I mean, they've been outstanding as a core, but yeah, really pleased for him and I hope he carries on, I really do. Let's talk about receivers then. We had 13 different players catch at least one receiving touchdown this season. Thank you, Jimmy Brewster, for this information. Uh, George Kittle and Kendrick Bourne both had five. They they topped the charts this year. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Debo Samuel had three. Raheem had two with uh, Dante Pettis and Dwelly. And then our, our single receiving touchdowns, you've got the juice. You've got Goodwin. You've got Coleman. You've got Richie James. You've got Matt Breda. You've got uh, Wilson. Um, I like the spread. I like how it's all spread out and all these guys get these touchdowns. That's awesome. That's Kyle Shanahan showing different ways to win. You know, yeah. he that's his way. I mean, we had, um, I think it was um, Samuel. He was out with the injury. Um, well, no, sorry, Sanders was out with injury. And he's changed the way we play our passing offense. You know, so this guy has looked at different ways of getting different players involved to help us win games. And I think that right there is the testimony of Shannon. And you give him lemonades, a man's going to make you lemonade. No two ways about it. (laughs) Yeah. We were a bit worried, though, weren't we, early on? I mean, uh, Dante Pettis has 
as we unfortunately suspect, he's faded away, hasn't he? Um, I think his time on the team is possibly up. But then you look at players like Debo Samuel, who's come through over the past few games. He's been the leading receiver in the NFL. And boy, can that lad! He just reminds me of Anquan Bowley. He, he just he just seems like a tough receiver. He, you know, he he likes to run through people. Although that's George's thing, but yeah. No, no, no. George that's drags just, been... people with him. <laughs> <laughs> One on the face mask and one on each shoulder, yeah? Exactly. Absolute animal. So what gets me is really, he's such a nice guy and he's just, he's just constantly smiling, laughing mm-hmm. and joking. But then on the football field, he's an absolute animal. So it's brilliant. Yeah, I love George. He's brilliant. Well, Debo has had three rushing touchdowns this year, placing him fourth on the team behind mm-hmm. Mostart, who has eight, Coleman, who has six, and Wilson Jr., who has four. So he also finished his rookie season with 961 total yards and six touchdowns, 802 yard receiving, three touchdowns, and then 159 rushing with three touchdowns. Not bad for a rook. I think we should keep him for a oh. while. Yeah. Well done, John. I think he deserves a lot of credit as well for what's going on with this team. <laughs> what a team that we've got with the uh, head coach and the front office. I uh, couldn't be happier with them. Well, let's talk about the fact that the front office, we have not heard word one from. They have written the checks and stayed out of it and let Lynch well, and Shanahan he's, he's, run the team. He's down on the sidelines at the end of every game, isn't he? But, I love but that. Lynch is I the general the manager. Fact. He should be out there with the team, you know, okay. and, and yeah. doing his yeah. thing. But, I mean, we're ta- I'm talking about the Yorks. We They have basically stayed yeah. in the background where that has not been where they've been the last few years. They've learned, Cap, that their job is to own, let the football people do the football stuff. They yeah. sign the paychecks took them a while spot I'm on so glad they're there 100 spot on so glad they're there so the team scored a total of 479 points this year this ties our total from 1998 and it's our highest since we won the super bowl in 94 Woo! nobody predicted it yeah the, this regular season has been unbelievable i cannot believe what i've seen I from this it's team insane. i didn't think <laughs> i didn't think this Anyway, eight and eight is what I was. I've been eating think, crow since we expecting. hit our eighth win. Okay, yeah. I said we were going to be seven yeah. and nine, and we hit that eighth win. Yeah. And my husband is just, you know, you said seven, honey. You know, you said seven. <laughs> and the faithful keep wheeling out that picture of Adam Rank and his prediction. I love like, that. Come on, none of us predicted this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Let's just enjoy it. I don't like Adam Rank particularly, but leave the bloke alone. <laughs> Let's just enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's been unbelievable. What a season. To his credit, he actually did go on the record to say, look, you know, I'm, I, I got it horribly wrong. The Niners are doing great, blah, blah, blah. And to his credit, he put his hands up. But the point is, a lot of people in the Bay Area media were saying similar predictions, you know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of wrong just to pick that one guy out, you know. True. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, I do as well. I felt bad for the I mean, that's the thing. At the beginning of the year, we're just making guesses. We don't know what we have until we actually yeah. see them in real game time. Mm-hmm. I mean, preseason doesn't even really give you a sense of what the team is going to be no. once they hit regular season. I think that man's crime is that he works for ESPN other than that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they put us in their top 10? That, that must have really annoyed Well, they have put us in their top 15 at last in the power rankings. You know, ESPN, what are you going to expect from those guys? Yeah. Well, our bestie, Bonnie, wants to know, realistically, what will those two weeks give us? 
with the bye week. Goodness, they're colossal. Firstly, almost two weeks off, so we can... We talked about this, the recovery physically and mentally, which is really, really important. Secondly, whoever we play will have travelled to not only come to us, but more than likely where they played the first game. So they'll be physically yep. tired. They'll be tired from travelling, though I don't really buy that because modern air travel is extremely comfortable. Um, mm. So, you know, their recovery times will be shorter, which is... A massive, massive difference because this is such a physical sport, you know. So there's that. And the small fact that, you know, should we keep winning, our next away game will be in Florida, okay? Mm -hmm. Whereas <laughs> everybody else has to travel miles and miles and miles. So um, it's, it's immense. Well, and don't forget about psychologically the impact it has because not only do they get that mental break and that physical break, but... Now they can say to themselves, we are a winning team. We are the number one seed. And while I don't want them to get cocky, I really feel like that confidence that instills in them is going to be incredibly valuable moving forward in the playoffs. 100%. And I think that's going to be yeah. the attitude of the players as well, that they celebrate what they have to celebrate, but they know when it's time to work. They know that this is just the start of it. I'm willing to bet that there are a number of them at the training facility right now. And California time, it's afternoon. It's just afternoon. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet you there are players out there working out, just trying to stay in shape, trying to stay game yeah, ready. I bet, I bet there's a guy with the first name, Richard. <laughs> you know he's in there. <laughs> oh, how important. Let's be honest. When we signed the guy, not many people were happy mm -hmm. with it at all. Uh, including myself, um, but how important is it to this team now? It's I'm glad he's on our side now, it, and the clips and everything we saw. He's the, corner, he's the cornerstone of our defense in terms of a. He's a top tier defensive back. He still is. Okay? Oh yeah. But what he brings that stats can't measure, numbers can't quantify, mm -hmm. leadership, mentorship, and he is a very cerebral man. You know, he's intelligent. He's not just some jock that went to Stanford. He could have gone to Stanford off his own back not playing football. He's a bright man, yeah. you know. And again, yeah. I mentioned it earlier that this team, one of the things we've been bereft of was, was real leadership. We never had it on the sidelines. We definitely didn't have it on the field. This guy's come in. He's taken ownership of the defense. He, he actually treats it as if it's his team. Mm -hmm. which, is, which is what made me think, actually, this guy is different. He's not like another hate yeah. player. Superstar. Yeah, he's actually invested emotionally in mm -hmm. his colleagues on defense, but the team as a whole, you know. And and he speaks yeah. on behalf of these guys. He really does. And, wh and when he speaks, you, you must listen to his interviews. He is one of the smartest guys yeah. on our squad. And so humble. Yeah, he is yeah. humble, you know, and to the point where yeah. even I can now forgive him and think, my goodness, we've got this guy, you know, and he's yeah. going to help us win. He really does want to help us win, you know. Mm -hmm. He's invested in it as much as any of us three are, and I can't really say yeah. more than that, you know. The one thing I will say is that, you know, we've sung the praises of Salah, um, Robert Salah, in terms of what's been going on with these defences. I think there's a lot more, not more, but I think there's quite a lot of importance to do with this defence that are on people like Richard Sherman. I think Juan Alexander, from what I've seen as well. Um, 
you know, yeah, like Dees just said, he he, he treats this as his mm-hmm. defence and he leads by example, he's an incredibly intelligent man and yeah, thank God he's on our side. I love watching him on the sidelines as he's coaching everybody up and he he doesn't just coach up the defence, he's talking to every player on that sideline and that, that just excites me because I can totally see him be some sort of coach down the yeah. line. He's always with Jimmy as well, which... It's good to see mm-hmm. leaders of the team working together. Um, and as soon as the offense comes off the pitch, before obviously he has to do his job, you do, like you just said, Kat, you see him mm-hmm. go and talk to everyone. The cat when you, they do go to the sidelines quite a lot, don't they? And he's never stood there just watching the game. I will say yep. that he's never yep. just stood there watching the game. So it's brilliant. I'm glad you it's mentioned good. Good. Salah. I think Salah's probably the first person that Shani will speak to when they go back to work to say what the f happened there. You know, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, Salah, I, I cannot fault the man's energy, but <laughs> he's got a talent-rich defense to work with, and I really don't think he got as much out of that talent as he could have done in the way that the team just fell apart. I mean, it was just Russell Wilson, nobody else. That's all he had uh-huh. to do was stop that guy, and everybody <laughs> else would have, but he didn't do that, you know. And I do think, you know, people are like, oh, Cleveland want to talk to him. Well, let them talk to him. I don't think, A, Salah will take the Cleveland job. But, B, I think as a defensive coordinator, I don't think he's blue chip just yet. I think he's middle tier. You know, I don't think he's the real mm-hmm. just yet either. And he may become one, and I hope he becomes one with us. But right now, he's got a, a raft of talent that that does the work, you know, and... It was a good test to see what he was really made of. Can he make adjustments? And um, he came up yeah. badly short in the Seattle. I've never seen a defense fall apart so quickly Mm-mm. in the second half because they cannot contain just one player. And that one player is Wilson. Granted, best player in the NFL, but you've got to stop that guy. Absolutely. So back to our group questions. Uh, Andy Mitchell, and I love Andy, I love this question. <laughs> Can we make these 94 throwback jerseys our official road kit? Oh my gosh. Oh, I love I, them. They're my favorite. I adore it. It's the only one I've not got. It's um yeah, it's the only one I've yeah, not got. Yeah, me too. I, I will forget. They're, they're a little bit more in order for us to buy over here. They're, well, I think they're half the price again to get over here than the regular jerseys, but I definitely will be getting <laughs> one. I think it'll have a number 85 on it as well. That white kit saved us, though, didn't it? Sanders thought, was it out of bounds? Was it not out of bounds? It looked the same as the marking on the side. <laughs> so, so, yeah, let's just keep with the white uniforms, you know, and the white cleats. Great, <laughs> well, yeah. Simon wants to know, do we feel that given we had a ridiculously early bye week, which was week four, that after two weeks rest, mm. we'll see the defense of weeks one through eight in the playoffs? I think the rest will definitely be... A huge, huge help. You know, I've talked about Salah. I don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> and getting D four back is going to be huge. Yeah, D four. Maybe Quan. Maybe not. Well, and we also did sign Earl Mitchell. Resigned him. Uh, our nose tackle. Yeah. And last time he played was in 2018, but he was a solid run stopper. So at least we've got a little bit more of that pressure in the middle. Every day is a gift in this bye period mm. that we've got compared to what we've had. After week four, such an early bye, and to play all these intense games, the intensity of all of that takes its toll, and every single day that you have off is is, is massive for the recovery process. 
I think they were pretty much the same as the rest of us, though. The reason they took, we know the reason they took the early bye was to do with the other bay, the uh, Giants, wasn't mm-hmm. it? The head coach yeah, of the Giants retired. was retiring. So I think they opted to do that in the same thinking as the rest of us, that they weren't expecting the season to go as well as it's gone. I know they probably believed in themselves to have the ability to do that, but let's be honest, again, none of us were expecting this, including the organisation, I think. the I'm hoping that the rest will be the difference between, for instance, one player who I particularly enjoy watching this year. Nick Bosa has been so close so many times in recent games, I hope that the break allows him just to be that extra little millisecond quicker to get there and make that big play turnover that we've seen him make earlier in the season. That's what I hope the break will do. Well, I'm hoping that if we really want to see the defense of the first eight weeks, that we do get D Ford back because he was integral in that in that stretch of games. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Martin Hughes is the NFC West the hardest to crack? Three teams on a winning season. NFC East only had one team with a winning season. The Eagles are nine and seven. Wow, it's the NFC best again, isn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. It is. But, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, but the NFC East, like, <laughs> we have the NFC West, but the NFC East are divided by more than just talent. They hate each other's guts in a way that nobody yeah. else can. It's the fiercest rivalry. That one and the NFC North in the NFL. And parity, draft choices, some of these are just a poor front office away from being dominant. I mean, I'm talking about Dallas here. If Jerry Jones didn't stick his nose into the running of running affairs of the team and he had a decent coach and a general manager, Dallas would do something. But no, he can't help himself, and long may that continue, you know. <laughs> yeah. We will yeah. happily watch. <laughs> uh, Martin also asks, have we finally been considered to have played anyone yet? Uh, not yet. Nah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't played anybody. <laughs> Hang on, just, let's, let's just stop there and think. So, <laughs> have we played anyone good? So, these are the possibilities of who we could play, right? So, assume everything's equal and Seattle beats Philadelphia and New Orleans beats Minnesota. Then we play Seattle. And the next game after that is the NFC Championship game. More than likely between New Orleans and Green Bay. We've beaten both of those two teams. <laughs> so, I think they were on the we haven't played anyone yet list. Okay. <laughs> the only team that we haven't played is Philadelphia because they weren't on our schedule. Mm-hmm. So if the unthinkable happens and Philly beats, no, if Philly beats Seattle and Minnesota beats New Orleans, we play Minnesota. We yeah, play. I was going to say, we get Minnesota if yeah. We play Philly the Vikings. Wins. So that's another team that we haven't beaten, but with mm-hmm. Cousins and his Monday Night Madness, that's another, well, they're not a very good team. So... We can go all the way and win in Miami without having played anyone decent, you know. Okay. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll take that. I was going to say, I'll take that. We'll, yeah, we'll win it all, but without playing anyone decent. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'll take that. Ross Irwin. Witherspoon was heavily targeted the second half, mostly did well when he came on. Which one should start? Ooh. That is a tough question. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Spoon wasn't terrible, but we have seen him play better and of course they, you're going to target him you're going to target your weakest link aren't you <laughs> you're not going to target the other side are you? let's be honest <laughs> let's be honest mostly mostly has impressed me when he's played this year um so. you start with mostly yeah, next yeah. game well, we're, mm-hmm. let's we're, you know obviously we don't know who we're going to play next game so we're not going to do any kind of preview on the next game 
But let's let's talk a little bit about Wildcard Weekend. Is there anything you guys are, are looking forward to with this weekend? Other than finding out who we play the following week? Got to be a shock in this wild wildcard round. Yeah. There always is. I don't know which one it's going to be. I mean, would Philly yeah. beating Seattle be such a shock, really? No. No. If they contain Wilson, exactly. like we've just said. That... Philly are decimated with injuries, but so are Seattle. I think if there's an upset, it'll probably be that game. I just enjoy Saturday night football, personally. <laughs> well, football on two nights. That's what I enjoy. More than one night of football a weekend. But don't talk to me at the end of January when it's all finished, because I'll be very Oh, depressed. I know. So, That'll be the saddest <laughs> podcast but ever. That's what I enjoy. I, to be honest with you, I enjoy Minnesota. Do you think New Orleans will beat Minnesota? Yes. Yeah, yeah I do. I think they're. A, I do. I know we beat them, and they, it was a very fine margin, but I do think they're a very they're, good team. They're an excellent team. Uh, Thomas, Michael Thomas, is an outstanding receiver. And he's not flashy or anything, if if, you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's not. Um, you don't see anything of him off field. You only ever see what he does on the field. And that's how I like my. From once being bitten, as we all know, that's how I like my football players. What about the Eagles and the and the Seahawks? How do you think that one will go? I honestly think you can tame Wilson, then you'll beat the Seahawks. That's a, that's that's <laughs> for my limited knowledge of the sport. That to me, that's what you've got to do against them, and that's what we failed to do against them in the second half. So moving on, pick six results for the season. You've got those for us, don't you, D? Pick six. Okay, so fantastic. We had two players. Pick six winners, Jason Argo and Ross Irvin, and the top ten for the finish. Number one, 82 points. Keith Fish, congratulations, you. Kieran Walton will be absolutely going mad. He's led the whole season. And I remember saying earlier when I spoke, I think I spoke to him on a few occasions, I'm sorry to interrupt. If he'd have put, if he was a gambling man, for instance, if he'd have put some bets on early on in this season, he'd have made a lot of money. So, yeah, sorry, Kieran, just to rub that in, mate. Do carry on, dude. <laughs> sorry, Kieran, he's just stolen your thunder, but you missed out by one point in second place, which is still very admirable. Nathaniel in third with 79. Uh, Ross, thank you for, for doing all of this in the first place. Uh, fourth on 75. Yeah. Simon Holdsworth and Jason Argo. Fifth on 75. John Newell, sixth on 70. So it's a tight bunch there. And then in seventh place, 66, we have Alex Guild and Andrew Eifold. Uh, number eight, Christian Theobald on 65 points. James Waters, number nine on 63. And this must be a misprint because at number 10 on 62 <laughs> points, it's me and Scott Bissett. So um, well done. And I think it's worth mentioning in our Hall of Fame, we have Graham Ross in the first issue of the Pick 6. And number two, it's Mark Count. Then Neil Jepson and Jimmy Brewster. So um, there's a new playoff version on our Facebook page, so do check that out and get your picks in. But a huge, huge vote of thanks for organizing and running the Pick 6. It's such a fun feature that so many people enjoy doing, and there is a lot of work involved in doing it, so thank you. And Ross, you've done a great job with it these last two years, and we truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Pleased to have him in the group. Well done, Ross. All right, guys, it's time for the two-minute drill, our last regular season two-minute drill. Are you ready? I got two minutes on the clock. Let's begin. James, a great end to the season with a lot of tight finishes. Will that benefit us in the playoffs? Yeah, mentally, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes. 
just, just yet. yet. I think the break. I think the break will benefit us more. Deepak, has Debo done enough to become the number one receiver? Yeah, I think he has. He's been reliant. He hasn't had drops. He runs his routes very, very intelligently and doesn't drop the ball. So yeah. James, has the Sanders trade been worth it? Oh, massively. Yes, safe hands. Um, he's he's still got a lot to offer a team, as we've seen. Um, and I do think that the development of Debo Samuel, somewhere along the line, has got to be a little bit of credit to Sanders. So, uh, and I like the guy as well. I like Emmanuel Sanders. I think he, he's nice. But yeah, <laughs> yes, definitely worth Deepak, it. Deepak, with so many rookies having outstanding seasons, who would be your team rookie of the year? I think you have to Ooh. say who'd be the second best because we all know who number one is, and that's going to be Nick Bosa without any question of a doubt. But Dre Greenlaw, yeah. he that guy. He gave us the first seed with that tackle on the goal line, so um, I think he deserves a mention. But yeah, it's Nick Sosa. James, why is Coach sticking with Coleman when statistically he's third best? Uh, I don't know. He's worked with this guy, not just on our team. On an, you know, we worked with him on the Falcons. I don't know. Perhaps they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'd be very happy with our running back uh, by committee. So. Do whatever you want to do, Carl. I'll trust you wholeheartedly. Just keep winning. Deepak, has Jimmy G shown that he deserves to dine at the top table? Uh, well, he hasn't got a ring yet, so when he does, he will. But for right now, he can push into the line anytime he likes. Yeah. <laughs> James, with us getting the bye week, will Quan make a return? Uh, will he? I don't know. I think he should, but <laughs> Um, I don't want him to make a return for it to have a detrimental impact on the team, i.e. Staley and rushing him back and what he did when the first time we played this. I don't want that to happen again with Quan, and I'm sure he doesn't. Again, trust them all to make that decision. We are they know what they're doing. way over in time, but I need to ask you guys, has your heart rate resumed to normal yet? Ask me in two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> or a month and a half? <laughs> We need the buy two, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We actually do. Which so so I'm just going to finish these questions out because Neil gave me some good ones this time. I we we've kind of touched on it, but would you guys rather play Seattle for the third time, or a potentially informed Eagles team? I I would choose Seattle, but I don't see there's any reason why we can't blow out either of those. Agree. Yeah. Cool. And if we make it to Miami, can we beat the Ravens? We can beat anybody. Yeah. We owe them. Doesn't this feel good? I think it was week three I asked if we were on the verge of something great. I think we're getting there. Yeah. It's, again, it's, to repeat myself, none of us expected this. So, And I've said it early on in the season. Let's just enjoy it. Absolutely. It's... Uh, it's it's a cardiac workout, indeed. But let's enjoy it, nevertheless. Absolutely. On that note, it's time to say goodbye, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Handman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for 
all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and James Little, I'm Kat Victorino. Enjoy your wildcard weekend. We will be back next week. Go Niners! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year!